Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Welcome back, friends. This is episode eight. And if you've been with us um, since about the second episode until now, we've been doing a series on the integration of our souls. And we've done the body and we've done our thoughts and our emotions and those parts of our souls. And today we're going to dig deeper into our spirits. And we've invited Karen McDaniel to join us for our discussion. So we hope you enjoy. Welcome, Karen McDaniel. We're so glad you're here. Um, I wanted to introduce you and tell folks a little bit about you. You um, have actually been my mentor for either six or seven years. I can't quite remember because math is not my thing. Um, (laughs) But you, I loved you for this topic. And when we started thinking about the spirit, um, I found through getting to know you that it's something you are very naturally integrated with. Mm -hmm. Um, You were also a four on the Enneagram as I am. So, you know, your emotions and your mind are very obvious to you. But I've noticed as I thought back on your whole like work life. Mm -hmm. So you were an occupational therapist by training. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you went into, well, then you stayed home with With the kids kids for a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. you did, um, massage therapy mm-hmm. you're a certified yoga instructor mm-hmm. um so it's really cool to see and now you're doing all this spiritual formation work mm-hmm. um learning to train and be a spiritual mentor to other people which you already are but it's fine you're getting better um <laughs> but you um so it was really cool as I thought back on that to see how you have naturally integrated yourself with your body which is not something that comes naturally to people like you like and me. I with personal, like, well, yeah, a lot <laughs> yes, of people, yeah. this doesn't come naturally. We, yeah, we yeah. tend to stay mm-hmm. in our minds or our emotions. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought it was really cool as I thought about the spirit, which mm-hmm. we're going to define in a minute, but just how it's a, it's a driver and how your spirit drove you toward integration into mm-hmm. your body That's in a true. way that yeah. like, maybe you weren't always, you know, aware of but it was just you you sensed that that's what you needed to be Mm -hmm. more grounded and Mm -hmm. that's always something that you've really encouraged me in as Mm -hmm. we've like worked together and grown and so I thought you were the perfect person to talk about the spirit um because you know we've talked about our minds our emotions our bodies those are all things that kind of you know are somewhat tangible they make Mm -hmm. sense our spirit we're kind of like who's that guy like what is that and like Mm -hmm. there's my spirit and there's God's spirit um so let's talk a little like what is our spirit well I'd like to I'd like to start with let's just like go back to what we've been talking about so the whole series is on the integration of our souls and we talked about what our souls were and that is what makes us human Mm -hmm. um and that you know there's our body which is a portion a part of our soul and is linked to our soul and we we did all the discussions on the body, but we talked about our minds and our emotions and how our mind is made up of the conscious and the subconscious, the thoughts and then the feelings and the emotions and all the things that come with the subconscious. And then we talked a little bit of the heart, which is very ambiguous. So we talked about how that um, is the seat of our loves, our choices, our desires. Um, and then now we're bringing in the spirit and mm-hmm. like the spirit being the inner part of us. So what I, what I like Karen to talk about is like when you think of the spirit mm-hmm. and if somebody asked you to define the spirit, mm-hmm. what would you say? Oh, that's a really good question. I just wanted to go back a little bit to what Rebecca was saying. Um, I'm a four, but also I have a little bit of five in me. So I am um, always usually in my head or my mm-hmm. emotions. And as you 
we're bringing up the whole idea about the body, you know, I feel like God really uh, provided early on um, this bent towards health and well-being and exercise just through, uh, like, my family. And my stepdad in particular was very into health and well-being and exercising. And so I think he kind of... um, planted that love in me and mm-hmm. then I realized how good it was for me yeah and so yeah. I leaned into that that's yeah. great and was it yeah. always like we talked on our body image um mm-hmm. show was exercise always a love thing for you or did you ever like was it ever like a um, <laughs> yeah that's a great question um I wanted to look good and I yeah. wanted to yeah. be fit yeah. um so I think you know I took it too far uh-huh. in my yes. 20s and my in my young age you know when I was younger um it became quite an obsession for me actually and became yeah. unhealthy uh-huh. um so I had to learn how to um bring that more in balance yes sure. yes yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a common common yeah. tale. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and that and that's why we did this whole series, right? Yes. Is learning how to have balance. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then when we're integrating all of those parts of who we are, like how do we have balance in mm-hmm. that, and so that they're, we're not skewing too much with an obsession on the body, or too much of an obsession on our emotions, or too yeah. much of an obsession on our yes. thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how does that all like balance mm-hmm. um, together? So, that's and that's point. why you know I love yoga. Yeah. yeah, I know yoga is a very controversial subject, but you mean like in the church, like yeah, mm-hmm. in the church, and, and I do see how um, yoga could become something that is not healthy. But thankfully, in the Western world, we can just take yoga, the practice, and and yeah. create our own spiritual spirituality around it. And there's yeah. no getting around it. Is that yoga does unify yeah your mind and your body and your emotions, and it makes you pay attention to what's yes. going on inside of you. Um, so that's why I love yoga so much. Yeah. And I remember, um, when I was, cause I, I do yoga. I don't do it like super consistently, but I remember when you like kept telling me for a long time, like just mm-hmm. do yoga, do yoga. And I was like, no, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And finally I did. And, um, I started Stop getting, I resisted. I know. like, that's my thing. That's the rebel. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I remember you, I was like, isn't it like really Eastern and like, should I be worried? And like, you mm-hmm. kind of were like, well, just don't say this stuff and pray to Jesus instead. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. it was just so funny because I was like all worried about it. You're like, well, just don't say that stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I could do that. And then I, <laughs> I don't know. It was just funny. Yeah. So um, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I started doing yoga recently. I've always really been into exercise and I did Pilates for a long time and all of those. And I was a runner for a really long time before I had knee surgery. And so I've had to find other forms of exercise and uh, because it is definitely a stress release for mm-hmm. me. I tend to, to bottle up stress and, and mm-hmm. exercise helps, but that and then I started having back issues Mm. and so of course I went to the doctor and they recommended physical therapy and yoga and my physical therapist pointed me towards yoga and so I thought I was just going to like stretch my back Mm -hmm. um and because you know all the touchy-feely stuff I I mean I can do away with that stuff but what I have I've noticed with doing yoga is the only time in my life in my days where I shut off everything else yeah like it's the only time because like you guys you're in your fourness you need to step out of your mind and your emotions and go back into your body That's well right. my mm-hmm. tendency is to push all of those things away and mm-hmm. to never deal with them mm-hmm. and it's just a move forward to the next thing next thing next yeah, thing, yeah. thing and I what yoga does for me is I don't have a choice like mm-hmm. I'm in that position 
It is, my phone is gone. All the other stuff's gone. I'm, I'm there and I'm able to get back into my mind and emotions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for you guys, you're trying to like get, get out of those and get your body. Yeah. I'm the opposite. What I need to do is getting back into my mind and my emotions and actually like start thinking about mm-hmm. who I am and why I'm doing things. And the only time, one of the only times outside of, and even in my quiet time, sometimes it's always a, Type A, I got to read the scripture and then the scripture and yes, pray this yes. prayer. And none of that is happening when I'm in something like yoga. Well, that just affirms um, the definition of yoga is yeah. it unifies whatever is out of alignment, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. That's interesting. That's really yeah. good. I yeah. like that. And you have to have the bravery and the courage to want to engage your mind. Because yes. I know like mm-hmm. for... Like sometimes people are busy on purpose, so they don't oh, yeah. have to like you know. Yeah, it's, it's you, just, like, no, 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 that is me. That is definitely my tendency. That's how I spent most of my life mm-hmm. is to busy myself so that I don't have to do the hard work of dealing with those yes. things because it's just too much and too hard. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's hard work to pay attention. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm. okay, so going back to defining okay, the spirit. So then. defining the spirit. Yes. So the spirit is has is an elusive topic, like we said. But I was so happy that you brought it up, Rebecca, because it made me start to think back and remember um, what is so important about it to me. And mm-hmm. um, what Dallas Willard says um, is that our will. I mean, our spirit is our will um, and our hearts. And so, so um, will plus heart equals spirit. Yes. Okay. And so I love that because the heart speaks to what we love mm-hmm. um, and our will speaks to choosing what we love. Mm-hmm. Okay. So our will to me is um, a, a free and loving choice that mm-hmm. God gives us a free and loving choice. Um, and I think um, in particular, that means so much to me is because a lot of my life and probably because of my personality and just things that happened in my past is I often felt like I was a victim of my life and I didn't have a choice. And that led mm-hmm. me to a lot of pain and despair and feeling isolated and yes. depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I realized that I had a choice um, and I could choose between good and bad, life and death, um, that's when I really felt like I began to come alive and yes. to really participate in life um, again. So it's it's choosing between, so this might be getting ahead a little bit, but if our, our spirit, sort of the way we sense the health of our spirit is, are we flourishing, are we languishing? Yeah, so I like to, so the image that came to me when I was thinking of a spirit is like uh, the rudder of a boat. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so the rudder of the boat just chooses the direction. It chooses yes. what direction that you're going to go in. Um, yeah. So it's that central part of us that um, decides to love something and choose it and move towards it. And I think that's really helpful, um, not just for people, because you and I have the same like kind of personality type, but not just for us, but also for everyone to know, like, because sometimes we overcomplicate everything, but sometimes it really is just... I can choose to flourish or languish right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so helpful to, to just see a clear path and to know which one you're going down mm-hmm. when it can, everything can seem so like, uh, what's the word? Just ruddy, rudder, you said rudder, but like, you know, <laughs> like you just muddled and things. And um, so I think knowing every choice we make is really just, are we choosing to flourish or languish? 
that can be really helpful. Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to read this quote because it goes yeah, yeah. exactly with what you just said. So C.S. Lewis says about our spirit that every time you make a choice, you're turning the central part of you, mm. that part that chooses, which is our spirit, into something a little different than it was before. We are slowly turning it into a heavenly creature that is in harmony with God Mm -hmm. and others or into a hellish creature that um, is causing a state of war or hatred with God and with others. So we're always choosing whether to move towards a heavenly person that that is moving towards harmony and maturity and being well-formed or towards a hellish, hellish creature mm-hmm. um, that is choosing um, hatred and selfishness. Um, yes. And those sorts of things. Um, I had another thought on that, but I can't remember what it was. It'll come back. Oh, I oh. remember. So you said we, we always have a choice. You know, I can always choose. The thing about Dallas Willard says about the will or the spirit is that um, it's really good at making big choices. Yes, I love this. Yes. Okay, going. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So choices like where you're going to live, who you're going to marry, if you're mm-hmm. going to follow the Lord, it makes it's really gives a vision, mm-hmm. and it wants to turn towards that. Mm-hmm. But then that's where its energy runs out. Yes. And so we have to create a life and create habits um, and ask God's spirit, his great will that wills the good for us and, and desires us to live um, an integrated life. Mm-hmm. We invite his spirit in to help us with that. Well, and I think that's that kind of goes into when I think about how you define the spirit. Um, it's it's the innermost part of us that connects us to God. Mm-hmm. And so I completely agree with it, um, with, with the how we talk, we're talking about the soul and the heart and the spirit and the choices and the will and the loves. Cause that's all, that's all um, associated with that. Just I really wanted to point out that like the spirit is also the element of us that gives us the ability to have an intimate relationship with yes. God. Yes. That, that's mm-hmm. where the seat of our worship mm-hmm. and our prayer and our reverence and our faith mm-hmm. and our hope, all of that is, um, lives in our spirit yeah. and that's and you know you you brought up Romans eight sixteen, mm-hmm. you know uh, which talks about how the spirit in us through the Holy Spirit is what um, bears witness to us that we're children of God like yes. that that is how we know mm-hmm. who we are in God is our the participation of our spirit with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and so I just I think it's important to like just hammer home that yeah. that, that is where our relationship with God sits And have y'all ever had that experience? Like this happens to me often where like, I'll know something in my spirit and then I start questioning it in my head or I'm like, well, I don't, it's like, you just have like a deep, like you just know something about God or yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, but that doesn't make sense. But look at all this other evidence or, and it's so funny because it really is like your spirit's connected, but that's kind of where the integration comes in because you want your mind and your emotions and your heart to be aligned with your spirit and sometimes they're not and yes. then you have like a lot of conflict yes. and a lot of the things we know in our spirit we can't understand with our minds because mm-hmm. our spirit is beyond our minds it's beyond our hearts it's beyond like all of it well and, and that is where the seat of our knowledge of god exists yes. in our spirit and, and of course our spirit then speaks to our minds but you know there's the first corinthians passage that talks about and i actually will read it because i think it's important it's in first corinthians 2 10 through 11 this these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Mm-hmm. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And so 
the knowledge of God. Like I, I know for me personally, I lived so many years. I became a Christian when I was 18 and my, I've always, we talked about this in some of our other episodes where I've always lived in my intellect mm-hmm. and the pursuit of God has always been an intellectual pursuit for me. Yes. And I had to come to the place just in the past few years where I've had to learn that this is, that's not, it's not an intellectual pursuit. It's a spiritual pursuit and out of that will come like a knowledge of him, which mm-hmm. then resides in your intellect. But, but I, you cannot have an intimate rela- or I can't have an intimate relationship with God that is based on my mind. Yes. It's it, my intimate relationship with God has to be based on my spirit. And so um, that has been a huge process and continues to be a huge process for me. That just reminds me of a quote that says, we are not humans having a spiritual experience. Yes. We're yes. spiritual beings having a human experience. I think that's also C.S. Lewis. I'm pretty Is sure. It? I think yes. so. <laughs> He's always we love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> love him. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think, yeah. And just like we talked about how, um, what we were talking about in our Beautiful Mind episode about our relationship with other people. Yeah. Remember, we talked about, um, I think we said, one of us said that, you know, when we're in a relationship with others, it's not two minds in relationship with each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's That's two right. spiritual beings in relationship mm-hmm. with each other. And so coming into the context of relationships, like if we're not seeing ourselves as spiritual beings, we can't see other people as spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. And then we're not going to have a truly intimate relationship with those right. people, which there again is where it has always been a huge struggle for me. Mm-hmm. So if I don't, I don't have that intimate connected relationship with other people, that's affecting my relationship to God. They're all intertwined. Right. And until I learn what it means to be a spiritual person who's, who can be intimate and vulnerable and raw and real, I'm not going to be able to do that with God or with others. Yes. So it all comes back to, the flourishing and languishing mm-hmm. of our spirits. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. really good. So we've talked about flourishing and languishing. I think most of us probably know when we're flourishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, I think the harder one is really noticing when we're languishing for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think as far as like, we're talking about integration. So when we're languishing, how do, how do y'all think that manifests in our minds, our emotions, our bodies? Mm-hmm. Well, um, for languishing, uh, for me, it just means that I'm becoming more discouraged, more irritable, uh, less patient. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tend to look at the negative side of things or see mm-hmm. the glass half empty, but I do that more when I'm languishing. Yeah. Uh, my body feels lethargic, mm-hmm. um, but also kind of tense at the same time. Yes. Does yeah. that make sense? Yep. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we all express it in different ways because mm-hmm. I, I don't have a tendency towards the negative. I have, mm-hmm. I'm more of a, cla- a glass um, half full kind of person, mm-hmm. but mine manifests itself in anger. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how Interesting. I, Where do you feel that in your body? What does that feel like? All of it. I, don't, I, mean, I, I mean, it's just, it's every Like the tense. I just exude anger. Uh-huh. Like I and exude like this like bodily it just comes out of me that I'm just like constantly frustrated uh-huh, and like uh-huh. everybody is like everybody feels from me that I'm just annoyed by them yeah like so mm-hmm. it comes out as um as yeah like usually for me when I am languishing when I when I am not um right spiritually or things are and like for me since I don't I don't I do I do a lot better bottling emotions so if I don't process them and so the more I stop and stop and stop and then I'm languishing um spiritually 
then it presents itself in anger usually mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. So mine would be more like depression yes. and despair. <laughs> yeah, 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 me too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But I would like to talk a little bit more about flourishing as well. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so um, flourishing, you know, in its, like, essence is growing more towards the fruits of the spirit, you know, yeah. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of that. Um, but I think I, um, in the past couple of years, I really grabbed onto that because I do tend to languish. I thought flourishing was such a beautiful, inviting term. Um, but I kind of got off track believing that I should always be at my best. Like mm-hmm. I should always be like putting forth this, these great. Like producing uh, fruit all the fruit, time. Producing yeah. fruit and beautiful flowers all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of hit like a rough patch and I'm like, wow, I'm not producing this fruit anymore. So I yeah. must be languishing. Um, but I'm becoming more drawn to the idea of seasons in our life where yes. we have different seasons where, you know, in the summertime we do produce a lot of fruit, you know, and then in the wintertime we're not, we're going, we're digging deep, we're um, growing roots, we're getting ready, those sorts of things. And so for me in my life, I, I love flourishing and languishing. I think those are great distinctions, but for me, what I'm thinking about more is how am I, how am I becoming my best self? Yeah. How is God evoking my best self and how I'm, I'm moving more towards maturity mm-hmm. and substance mm-hmm. um, more than looking at fruit? But I guess it's all the same because if I'm moving more towards substance and maturity, I'm growing in the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> well, flowers, yeah. and, flowers uh-huh. and fruit don't come out fully. Like they have a process. So right. even if even if a plant is producing mm-hmm. a right. piece of fruit, it's the fruit is still being produced in stages. You don't go to an apple tree and there's a right. full grown apple on right. it immediately. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're all in different stages. Yeah. So you can be in some different stages of flourishing. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. always have to look like the full the full rose mm-hmm. or the full apple. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it can look like the bud. You know, well, and I think animal. like something so. we've talked about before is um, Karen and I've talked about before now on the podcast, but like how it's really like what direction are you facing? And I just have this picture yeah. of a plant like mm-hmm. looking toward the sun. Mm-hmm. So even yeah. if it's like shedding leaves and, you know, all of those like that hard inner work that you don't see and mm-hmm. that is hard and you're like, is this even like, am I languishing? I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it's like how, what direction are you looking toward? Because God, yeah. God does call us into hard places and, and mm-hmm. cold places sometimes mm-hmm. and places that don't feel like we're bearing fruit, but yeah. it's still where we're, we're still flourishing because mm-hmm. we're still doing that. We're cultivating deeply whatever needs to be produced later. Right. The deep inner work. Yes. Which is, feels not great at the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I love the church calendar so much. Yeah. Yes. yes. Because that that is a picture. Like the, the year the year calendar of the of the church, the liturgical calendar of the church is a picture of the seasons of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so there, there, you know, in the church, there are times where we're, you Can know, you give a, a if someone okay, doesn't know, so, just a quick breakdown. Yeah, yeah, So, um, you know, the, so the, there's, there's Advent. So that's where we start. That's, that's like, where we start. We, you know, start in Advent. And obviously that's, that's a time of expectation and then ends in, in the celebration of Jesus's birth. And then from there, you know, we, we move towards Lent and then in that time where we spend in Lent before Easter is this time where we we could look at it as a languishing time. Mm-hmm. Like if we weren't yeah. looking at, at yeah. Lent properly, we, oh my gosh, I got to fast. And that, I mean, no fruit's going to come out of this. And that's like the winter you were talking yeah. about. Like we mm-hmm. have this tendency to look at winter as 
this horrible thing, uh, metaphorically speaking, um, but that's actually when all the debt is being cut off Mm -hmm. so that new growth can happen. I also hate real winter. Well, yeah. The funny thing is, is I love winter. I do too. It's my favorite. I think fall and winter are my favorite. So that's so funny. Um, Mostly because I hate pollen. But um, so, 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 you know, that, that's the point of Lent. It's to to have a winter time where Mm. we're cutting off all that dead stuff so that we can grow again, grow fruit again. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all trees and bushes and all of that have to, all the dead has to be cut away. So that's the point of Lent year after year. People are like, why do we have to fast again? Why are we doing Lent again? Lent again, I don't think is a word. Um, That sounds more like Lenten soon. But like, why do we have to do this again? Like there's a purpose in the calendar for Mm -hmm. that. And then it ends obviously in a time of of Easter where that's a time of celebration for 50 days before Pentecost. And then after that, that's when we get to the great green growing season. Mm-hmm. And so, which is, is that what we're in now? Or no, is Easter we're still, still in Easter. Okay. Um, Pentecost is middle of June. Okay. okay. Somebody can correct me on that. Um, but so we're moving towards that. So it's 52 days of Easter. Yeah. As uh, so we're moving towards that. And then we'll have Pentecost and then we have the great green growing season until Advent. And, um, and so that's the time where, where a lot of growth takes place. Yeah. And so we could look at it, Adversely, and be like, well, that means that um, there, there's only parts of the year where we're flourishing, mm-hmm. and then there's parts of the year where right. we're languishing. What right. that's not true. That's right. Like if we're leaning into all of those points, it's all a process of the flourishing. Yeah, mm. yeah. and I love uh, what you were saying about you know, are we turning towards God in yeah. whatever season we're in, yes. or are we turning away from God? Yeah and blocking him or resisting him that is what I would consider languishing yeah Yeah. for sure and it's something I think like we can sense these things in our different parts but I think flourishing and languishing are they originate in our spirit and Mm -hmm. then they're manifest through the different parts Mm -hmm. so yes Mm -hmm. like it's kind of that's why it's hard to quantify it well that's interesting because I would say um Flourishing means your spirit is turning towards God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And languishing would mean your spirit is turning away from God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, so what we were kind of talking about what languishing looks like. So if you're wanting to move towards flourishing, and obviously that's not always perfect fruit because it's mm-hmm. a process like we've talked about, but like, what are things that we can do to move towards flourishing? I think the first thing that we need to do is catch a vision of what the good life is and yep. the good life that God is calling us to, um, to, to um, really look at our image of God and um, our image of life and what life is about. And, um, you know, what I have learned is that God has come to bring harmony and integration mm-hmm. and goodness into our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that the world is not as as it should be, so we're always in some sort of process. But he's always working for our good, even in the bad, um, to bring about harmony and unity and integration and goodness. Mm-hmm. And so if we can catch a vision for that, that God is good, mm-hmm. that he's working for our good, um, then that can get our spirit or our will turned in the right direction. Um, and then we um, develop um, a life in the spirit. Um, yeah. You know, in our tradition, the Anglican tradition, we um, do things like silence and solitude. Mm-hmm. Um, we do devotional reading um, that is called Lectio Divina. We practice the exam and where we um, evaluate um, our days and where we're flourishing and where we're languishing. And we do that not to 
condemn ourselves. But if you look back over your day and you say, wow, here I was really turning towards you. And I felt a lot of peace and joy in that. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was moving more towards my best self. Well, then you're going to choose to do that, right? Your spirit is going to want to move towards that. Um, And then when you look at your life and like, you know, I was really being really selfish at that moment. I was Mm -hmm. really um, just thinking about myself and I was angry or that sort of thing. And that didn't make, Mm -hmm. that wasn't making me the kind of person I want to be. And so you, you repent of that Mm -hmm. and you say, you know, I really just want to move towards this flourishing place. Um, So, yeah. And then what are some of the other disciplines? Well, one, one for me um, for my personality is thankfulness and gratitude and yeah, celebration. Yeah. Those are really important for me. Yeah. Um, and then there's all the outward disciplines, you know, giving and service yeah. and meeting together. is yes. really important. Yeah. yeah. Um, just for our listeners, um, you know, the three of us are Anglican, but not everybody listening is. And so I will definitely link to some stuff if you're more interested. Now, I mean, I think a lot of people know about Dallas Willard and the spiritual disciplines, yeah. which I'll link to that book as well, because that a lot of what we're speaking about is comes from that. But a lot of it also, um, a lot of the things like Lectio Divina and the exam and, and silence and solitude and contemplative mm-hmm. prayer, all of those may be new words um, mm-hmm. to, to people who are not in um, the same type of tradition that we're in. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of really good resources. So mm-hmm. I will link to all of that. If mm-hmm. any of that, you're like, what is Lectio Divina? Yes. That's not the point of this, of this podcast yeah. episode because I could talk to that for, about that for like five episodes. So, um, so yeah, so we'll definitely yeah. um, link to that. So if you want to read more and research more on that, because I think that 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 is what really kicks off all of this process. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about because I think that part of flourishing and languishing mm-hmm. is knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. like that's the start of it is yes. knowing is knowing ourselves. So what does that look like for you? The process of that. Right. So um, for me, you know, a big a way that I've gotten to know myself is through the Enneagram, which mm-hmm. is a super hot topic right now. Um, but for me, it's been the best tool um, to know my personality because it offers a path of uh, transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you decide, you, you know, take a test, you figure out what number you are, and then you see um, the good parts and the bad parts, and you learn to ask the Lord to help you um, disidentify with the parts that we use to protect ourselves mm-hmm. and move more towards um, the parts of us that bring us life. And so I have learned and discovered that I'm either a five, which is on the Enneagram is an investigator. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be someone who stands back and observes and takes information in, but also sometimes seems aloof and not engaged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have discovered a really strong foreign me, which has not been very fun, to tell you the truth, because it just means that I can get pretty overwhelmed with my emotions. And yeah. I, my core probably struggle is um, not feeling like I belong or have a place in the world. And yeah. so um, that sort of self-awareness I can bring into my walk with the Lord yes. and mm-hmm. into my rhythms with the Lord and and um, use that um, as I um, interact with Him and interact with the Word um, to move more towards my best self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah, the Enneagram is a tool for that. But what's what's great about the Enneagram because I have several friends 
um, who are like, well, how is that any different than any other personality test? And that's mm-hmm. just, you know, first off, everybody's like, well, that's the new thing. Actually, the Enneagram's been around forever. So ancient. it's not a new It's very <laughs> ancient. But it also, it's, yeah. it's, it's more about identifying your core fears. Yeah your core motivations, why we do what we do versus our personality. Personality tests are important too. It's good to know our personality, but this is so much more than our personality. Yeah. This reaches And your down. personality changes over time. It this does. is something that doesn't really And your personality is affected by by trauma or things right, that have right. happened in your life more so than the Enneagram is going back to who the core of who you really are, who you were when you were eight. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, or whatever, yeah. however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And like and so I think that um, it, 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 I know you don't want to harp on it too much because it is just a tool. It's not, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not in scripture, but, but it is a helpful tool to identify like, because how I'm going to approach flourishing is going to be different than that's how you're right. going to approach that's flourishing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and that, I think that's good because I, for so long, because mm-hmm. I am not a four, mm-hmm. um, I am not, and I'm, I'm more, I'm not an emotional, but actually threes are on the emotional scale mm-hmm. that like they're, the heart is there, mm-hmm. but we tend to be, we tend to push all of our feelings down. And so I, I look at a lot of the, the spiritual disciplines for a long time and, and was just like, those aren't me. Like mm-hmm. that, that, those aren't me. And so then I just write them all off instead of taking who I am and the core of who I am and finding the things that also cause me to flourish yeah and it's not like a cookie cutter that's right the, the yeah. spiritual disciplines aren't a mm-hmm. cookie cutter way that you have to do it this way mm-hmm. it's finding how do you best connect with god mm-hmm. yeah and so like we're not all supposed to do all the disciplines i don't think i mean i think we're supposed to do the right well, like, we, i think we're supposed to dabble in all of them but there's yeah. gonna be the ones but there's that ones that really like because i could like like do Divina is really good for me mm-hmm. um but what am i trying to say like I don't think we're supposed to do all of them all the time. I think we're right. like, yes. you know, it's like focus on the ones that are really challenging you sometimes mm-hmm. and there's seasons. So sometimes, yes. but it can be overwhelming to be like, there's these like six spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. and it's like, mm-hmm. well, then it becomes a checklist. At least for me, it becomes a yes. checklist and it's not supposed to be like, like for me, like I, I like Electio Divina because I like, I, I mean, I pursue studying the word like that. I yeah. enjoy that. Like that's, you know, part of my calling and my gifting, but the examine is like something I would just rather not examine my inner workings. Like I would rather just not do all of that. So, yeah. so I, so sometimes we have to lean into those spiritual gifts. I think mm-hmm. that, um, that are going to be hard for us too. Yeah. And I would say, um, especially in our culture right now, that silence and solitude yes. may be something that we can all benefit from yeah. yes. and examine and Lectio Divina just because they, um, they've really developed that intimacy with the Lord that yeah. we long for, but also that we're afraid of. <laughs> yes. it, it calls us to slow down. Yeah. And yeah. to pay attention yeah. and to really look and see where yeah. God is, is in in our lives and participating mm-hmm. in our everyday lives, in our yep. relationships, in the circumstances that happen daily. Um, so it really develops that intimacy and that trust in the Lord that is so mm-hmm. beautiful and is what our Christian life is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What hasn't worked? Um, what hasn't, oh, what hasn't when you're trying to connect with your Uh spirit or Uh you're trying to like dive into this stuff, is there anything that comes to mind that like maybe some, I don't know, things that you've tried that you're like, Oh, that really didn't work for me. Well, you know what? I would go, I would put this down to seasons again, because there's different seasons where different things work. 
Yes. Um, because I tend to be an introvert. Mm-hmm. And so I tend to sometimes being alone in silence and solitude is really good for me. And it really works. But at this season in my life, um, I sense that God has drawn me out to mm, be yeah. with people and to be contemplative, yes, but also active. So contemplative uh, yes. in action. Yes. Um, and so I feel like where contemplation is really good for me, the balance for me is being active and being out with people and uh, stretching myself mm-hmm. and speaking and um, helping mm-hmm. and uh, listening to other people and serving. Um, so again, I guess I would, for myself, I would just put that down as seasons. Now I, I know for one thing for me is if I, I do not like, um, and I don't know who does really, but maybe you do <laughs> rules and obligations. I do. Um, yeah. Those don't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I actually, I thrive off of those things. <laughs> yeah. Now I would say structure is so important for me, but what I feel like I'm having to follow rules or just living in my head or living by obligations, yeah. I feel like, um, I just atrophy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And well, and my, I do, I do look towards that, but I also, I use it as a crutch. Mm, and so uh, I have to, sense. the other, that like for me to flourish, I have to step outside of those. Like, like mm. I need them and like, I, I thrive in them and I run to them, mm. but I can use them as a crutch mm-hmm. instead of, I, and I have to force myself to step out of that Mm -hmm. so that I can, um, be creative Mm -hmm. or so I can, um, have, um, relationships that are spontaneous. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just have to always bring myself back to, you know, Jesus, um, my tendency would be like the disciples, you know, we're, we're, we've charged a course, we're mm-hmm. doing this, mm-hmm. and then the hemorrhaging woman comes up and touches your garment. Mm-hmm. And my first instinct would be like the disciples. I'd be like, I'm just going to plow through. She, she got her healing. We're good. We're mm-hmm. moving on. And instead, he takes the time. And I, a part of my flourishing looks like stepping outside of the production, mm-hmm. the, the, the producing mm-hmm. to move towards people mm-hmm. and move towards my myself and my relationship with God versus just always pushing towards production. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I also really thrive on the rules. And yeah. So the one thing that um, I think I would like to say doesn't work for anybody and yes, I could be wrong about that. Is behavior modification? <laughs> for sure. We've talked about for that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That yeah I just don't believe in rewards and punishment and behavior yes. bod- modification because it doesn't get to your heart. Mm-hmm. You might be acting the right way and doing the right thing for sure, but it doesn't reach into the deep parts of yourself. Yeah. And so, so true. Um, that's why I love the life in the spirit, and I love the spiritual disciplines, and yeah. I love. Um, just talking about our spirits. Yes. Yeah. I think this is important in parenting too. I was just thinking that. Yeah. I mean, um, the three of us are parents, not everybody listening, but maybe one day, but um, I think because my first instinct is to fix the behaviors. So mm-hmm. my kids act right. Yep. And um, it's about, and this is just the same thing with our relationship with God because he's our father and mm-hmm. he's our parent. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's a similar um, analogy, but I, I need to be getting down to the roots to the heart of yeah. the issue versus just 
you know, stop doing that <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, there are some kids that are going to follow the rules, mm-hmm. but like what's really going on? Yeah. yeah the that outward makes of that them looks, look good and yes. makes you look good. Exactly. exactly. But it doesn't develop any sort of self-discipline and self-awareness in the kids. And it yes. also takes away their dignity Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and their worth in a child of God who can hear from God and listen to God and be trained and encouraged um, yeah. from their spirit and not just yeah. Um, yeah. the outer parts of themselves. Yeah. And that's a good thing to look at it as training. Yes, yeah. I love the word training. Lots of times we talk about trying. Uh-huh. We're trying, we're trying, but we fail when we try. Mm-hmm. But if we um, enter into training, you know, just like we train our bodies or uh, go to school to learn things. Yeah. You know, well, how, like, when, process. yeah, and God is training us yes. and yeah. looking at, like, mm-hmm. like, in that way instead of we're trying to, you know, because you can't try to flourish. Right. You yeah. can't. Uh, you can for a minute. You yeah, can't. You can make it. But I think it also goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning, Karen, where it's like um, what you were saying about your or your will is good at like the big things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's sort of how I, I think it's how I've had to live is sort of instead of because rules and behavior modification don't work. But I know for me, I'll be like, what kind of person do I want to be? That's it. Yeah. And it's like, I have to tune into that so that my actions flow. Yes. Because, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I think, uh-huh. um, so if we're trying to flourish your language, it's really like, okay, but who who do I want to be? What kind of mother do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And am I lining up with that? And if I'm not, what do I need to change? And that's right. not like, Rebecca, mm-hmm. stop watching TV. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But, <laughs> but you know, it, it's so, it goes back to sort of like, what is the core? And that's something that no matter what your Enneagram number, your Myers-Briggs, any of that, like mm-hmm. we all need to be living from that place, that deep place of like, just remembering on a daily basis, what our point is of being here. Cause I think we can just get so caught up in like day-to-day life and not even think about that stuff. And that goes back to our vision. What is our vision? Yeah, exactly. You know, what is our telos? What is our ultimate goal? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rebecca and I have been, that's how we met was through the spiritual formation group. And that mm-hmm. was one of our first exercises yeah. was to, and I don't think I've ever done that before. Now I'm, <laughs> I'm a goal oriented person. That mm-hmm. is my personality. So I have done like goal charts. Yeah, like yeah. I live off goal charts. Like I'm always setting the next goal, always setting the next vision, but like, that's different than actually like, what do I want? my life to be right like yes. the, the you know goals for ministry or whatever is different those are important things but mm-hmm. like what what does what does the flourishing life look like for me mm-hmm. and actually like writing that down mm-hmm. and processing that is mm-hmm. important because Absolutely. then all of our actions will lead towards like mm-hmm. you said that tell us that end point yeah or sometimes I get so caught up in like the vision mm-hmm. that I have a hard time with like the nitty-gritty yeah. Do you know what that, I mean? That's so why we that work is, so well together. Yeah. Well, yeah, but also I'm like, an implementer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so that's I was saying that, and I was like, but you also can't be too like I want to be this kind of person, and then like never do anything about it. Which right. is like and that's where the daily disciplines, yeah, disciplines yes. come in. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So that takes our grand idea out in the future and brings it uh, down to the ground, down mm-hmm. to our everyday ordinary lives. Yes, I want to be this person. But how am I being this person with my children or with mm-hmm. my husband or, or how am I um, doing my work today yeah. in a way that helps me become that 
person that I want to be. Yeah. You know? And it's kind of like letting our spirit drive us versus us trying to drive our spirit. Yeah. And asking God's spirit to help us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Cause yeah, that it's all going to flop if we're trying to do it in our own strength. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So part of our spiritual life is that we have an enemy and that we are, um, we're against, you know, the world, the flesh and the devil are all sort of against our spirit. So what, um, how have you seen this come to play? Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about this since I've been in the season of winter. Um, as I was getting ready for the talk, I was thinking, you know, about creating our vision and then surrendering to that vision. But then the idea is that we, uh, God or the Bible instructs us to guard our hearts and, and that's our spirits because that's where our life flows from. And that um, reminds me that our spirits and our lives are very important. They're vital. And it also reminds me that we have an enemy that is going to work against us um, mm-hmm. in our pursuit towards the flourishing life. Um, and so just the idea of, of guarding our hearts and um, part of that is knowing that we're going to get attacked and we're yeah. going to go through hard times and we're going to feel resistance. We're going to even try to sabotage ourselves. Um, and that's all the, um, the enemies work to keep us from moving forward in our, our life with God and just being aware of that, being aware of how he works. And usually he works in the places of our languishing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so moving for me, if I sense that I'm moving way into despair, then I can be pretty much, um, sure that the devil's lurking around trying to bring yeah. him down, you know? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that's, you know, I think, you know, the first step is realizing that we have a spirit and that, mm-hmm. that our spirit connects us to God's spirit, but also to know that there is stuff going on. There's also a spiritual realm. Like yeah. we have our spirits and we have God's spirits, but there's also a spiritual realm. And while we can't see our inner, inner spirit, we know it's there. We can feel it, but there's also, there's also things going on that we don't, that are in the spiritual world that we don't even know about. And I think that part of, and you know, I don't want to use the cheesy phrase, cheesy phrase of getting in touch with our spirit, but part of, of leaning more into who we are as spiritual beings is to know that there are, things at work against us mm-hmm. and there's things that work against God mm-hmm. and there's a constant battle going on. And, you know, that's why the Bible talks about the armor of God, you mm-hmm. know, that's mm-hmm. why it is there as a prescriptive resource for us mm-hmm. is because we're supposed to put it on every day because there are things going on around us that we can't even see mm-hmm. that are trying to keep us from leaning into the spiritual part of us mm-hmm. because the greatest thing that our enemy would like is for us not to be flourishing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think it's helpful to remember, um, like he is against us. And I think a lot of times, like when we're trying to, you know, be people who are flourishing or we're trying to lean into God's will for our lives, I think it's, you know, we are resistant sometimes because it's not the easy, like kind of well-trodden path for us a lot of the times. And I think remembering that I have an enemy kind of helps me to get back on the right team. It reminds yeah. me what I'm fighting for. And it reminds me of what the whole point of it is. Cause I can just get in that really lazy place mm-hmm. where I'm just kind of stagnant and I'm, I want things to be easy and mm-hmm. I don't want to have to be pushed. But then when, mm-hmm. for me, when I remember like, no, this is bigger than me and this is, mm-hmm. you know, I actively have 
something working against me, I can be like, well, no, screw you. I'm going to, you know, do the right thing. And um, so I don't know for me, it's, but then it's also that thing where you don't want to be like obsessed with the enemy where you think everything is him. And Mm -hmm. like, like, I I don't know. And I mean, I feel like, I feel like for me, like, I don't know how y'all see it, but it's like, I'll kind of forget about him for a while and then I remember, and then it's like, everything's the enemy. And I have to be like, Rebecca, no. Like, it's like, you know. Balance. Right, balance. But um, do you you experience that? Like, were you? Yeah, I think for a long time, I kind of just forgot about the devil. Yeah. Um, I think that's because I was kind of in a good place. (laughs) (laughs) And so then when I started moving into this winter season, I'm like, oh, yeah, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and mm. I, yeah, it is. You have to you have to be careful about finding that balance because because mm. it's not just the devil that's against us, it's right? The world, the flesh, and the devil. Mm-hmm. So some of it is our world is just get you know, flush broken. The, flush that out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I love the uh, love a good pun. Um, so the, yeah, the the world, you know, the system of the world um, that that's everything that's you know not of of God's world and God's kingdom is you know, that it's broken. I mean, mm-hmm. one day we'll be renewed and we'll have a new earth. But right now, the the current world systems, the world itself as the earth, but also the world systems um, and culture, whatever, is is corrupt and it's broken. And there's beautiful pieces of it, but it's all broken pieces. Mm-hmm. And so those there are parts of the broken world that are set up against us um, that are an enemy. And then there's the flesh, which is ourselves. Like mm-hmm. our, our, the broken part of our souls, our flesh, is is constantly a battle against these spiritual things as well, and so part of flourishing is um, is repairing those broken parts of our yeah. soul that are against us or, and are keeping us from moving in this right direction. Mm-hmm. And so we can't we can't give all all the credit to the devil, right? Because right. part of it is ourselves, the self sabotaging mm-hmm. you talked about, and then part of it is. It's just the world. We live in a broken world. That's right. So mm-hmm. um, we, we have to be careful about balancing those things out and not mm-hmm. just like blaming everything on him, mm-hmm. but also not completely ignoring him. That's either. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's important to not get into like we were talking about a victim mentality. And I yeah. think that's not just a four thing. Like we all have a tendency. No, and I think, yeah, yeah, to to kind of get into that place yeah. of like, why is the devil attacking me? This mm-hmm. sucks. Or, you know, whatever. And why is the world against me? Why is yeah, the against me? Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. even like my flesh is such a, like, whatever. I, I can't resist it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so, why those will is so important. Yes. Because we yes. always have a choice. We always mm-hmm. have a choice. Even when our circumstances are the worst, we always have a choice to move towards life. Or yeah. Death. Yeah. But we have yeah. to be aware. We have to be aware. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's aware of your, your three things that are against Uh you, you know, Uh for sure. And I think that I think whatever you just said Mm -hmm. struck me and that we have to remember that we're either spiritually alive or spiritually dead. Mm -hmm. And like, there's no like in between world. There's, there's the in between of the flourishing and languishing like that. I feel like that is a, that's a continuum. Yes. But like whether our spirits are dead or, or that they're alive is a, those are like, a, that's a black and white. And mm-hmm. so that's the first step is mm-hmm. moving towards a, a life that is our spirit that is alive. 
mm-hmm. um, versa, and only God can make our spirits alive. Mm-hmm. Like that, that relationship that we have with Him through Jesus is the only way that our spirits are alive. Because all this flourishing and languishing talk and warfare and everything's not going to mean anything if our spirits aren't alive. But then once our spirits are alive, we it, they can they can be more or less alive. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, like, we're growing yes. in degrees, yes. one way or yes. the other, right? Yeah, exactly. Towards the heavenly creature or the hellish creature. Yes, yes. for sure. That's really good. Um, was there, uh, just, I, I want you to talk a little bit about connecting your body to this stuff, because I think that's something you're really gifted in when it comes to kind of flourishing and languishing. I know we've talked about, you do yoga, you do these other things, but, um, what does it look like to use your body in a way to pull you toward flourishing? Is it sort of a discipline? Like, I'm going to exercise and that's like a choice I'm going to make in order to move myself toward more flourishing. Or is it like poses you get in? Is it Mm -hmm. posture? Is it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Yeah. Again, for me, uh, doing exercise and getting into my body helps bring me, you know, it helps integrate my mind and my emotions and helps me not feel so overwhelmed or stuck in those places. Um, another thing about being embodied for me is I feel like um, just showing up is important for me mm-hmm. because I tend to hold back and mm-hmm. stay in the corner or um, I don't allow myself, my body, my presence to take up space. <laughs> mm, so yeah. I feel like personally for me, it's important for me to um, show up yeah. and to be present um, in my body with other people. If that makes sense. No, it totally <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. 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 And it's funny because I felt like you've said that before. Yeah. Like uh, I feel like you've said that a lot, especially when we were talking about the body, about how your tendency has been often to make yourself small. Mm-hmm. And how can I make myself the most small uh, or the smallest I can, whatever. So yeah. Right, yeah. Grammar there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the opposite for me, like I use making myself big mm. and like, and, mm. and, and living out of a facade mm. of who I really am as a yeah. way to mm. like hide. Mm. And so it's interesting how we hide in different ways. We use our bodies yeah. to hide in different ways. Um, also for me, I am a control freak. That's just part of my personality. Mm. And so I hold tightly to things. Mm-hmm. And so postures for me, a lot of that is, is opening up. Like, cause uh, my tendency yes. is to like, oh, that's to, really good. to not make myself yeah. small because I don't want people to see me because I'm an extrovert and that's not my tendency, but to, to like control who I am yes. and, can, and, and keep things tight to me. Um, and so like, even in worship, like the, the, the best posture for me to like be really open with God is to completely open my whole body. Mm, and so, um, I've had to learn that about myself. That's really interesting that you say that because in worship for me, I have to be moving somehow. Like I can't, I can't just stand still. Interesting. So, and that's also important for people who are wanting to try silence and solitude is some people can just sit Yes. Quietly. Um, and maybe that's the ultimate goal, but some people, <laughs> have, you know, walking is good. Yes. Um, 
to develop that silence and solitude uh, discipline. Uh, That's a good distinction. I'm glad you said that because I think you hear silence and you automatically yeah. just think, think it means stillness. Like yeah. in a dark room. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is yes. like, that's my nightmare. I mean, and I like that <laughs> stuff and that still sounds terrible. Like, uh-huh. yeah. Well, you know, yoga, yoga was developed um, in order for people to sit in silence. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So the last pose, the corpse pose, uh-huh. um, you're building up to that pose. Interesting. Because it's all about meditation and silence yeah. and solitude and so our bodies and our emotions and our minds are so busy and so mm. frantic and so loud that lots of times it takes physical activity whether you like yoga or weight training or classes running or, or running whatever. Yeah. that mm-hmm. helps quiet all those things down mm. yeah. so that you can actually be present that's a great point mm. it's really true and i think that's a point distinction too because like I've, I, before I got into yoga, I thought it was all just like sitting and meditating. Mm-hmm. And then I found power, like flow. Yeah. And like, I'm like, oh, I love flow because I, I need things to move yeah. at a pace. Yeah. And it, it, as it's moving that pace, it's settling my body down to mm-hmm. be able to, mm-hmm. you know, meditate and mm-hmm. being contemplative. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that's a really good point that mm-hmm. it's not because I, I misjudged yoga mm-hmm. and thinking that it's just like sitting around. Yeah. And, and, and sitting in a pose and some of it is there's there's some types of yoga that really is you're just like hold poses for really long periods of time and that you know you may do just a couple poses per class I yoga for me I, I do better if it starts really with a lot of flow and then slows yeah. down yeah so, so whatever we do yeah. in our bodies you know we do it to help us to become more aware yes. and more present in whatever's going on in our lives yeah, yeah. And oh I thought, I thought it was to get a good body for my well that's you <laughs> You need to go back and listen to to Angela's episodes. I'm just joking. I know, I know. Um, But yeah, and I think like kind of what it seems like you're saying is, again, we're we're leading ourselves. We're using our minds and our emotions as tools and we're training them Mm -hmm. so that they can work for us instead of running us. Yes. And that is kind of the key because, and that's like what the Enneagram I think helps Mm -hmm. us to do. Like we know ourselves so that we can use our good parts, Mm -hmm. understand the parts that aren't so good and then move toward wholeness. Mm -hmm. And I think like we do need some level of being able to contain ourselves and to Mm -hmm. learn through movement, through whatever that movement looks like. I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm anxious, I get up and do jumping jacks just because I have to like, you know, so there's, there's Mm -hmm. all these little things you can do. um, But it's so that we can, we can run ourselves Mm -hmm. with God's help. Absolutely. But yeah, because we ourselves don't run well on their own. Like we can't let our minds and emotions do whatever they want all the time. Towards disintegration. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, this was all really good. It was really good. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I, yeah, it's good to talk about our spirits. I feel like um, it's it's kind of like the, the very mysterious part we don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, if you guys, I would love to hear some feedback um, yeah. if you found this helpful or if there's still questions you have. or yeah, things we that can you're, talk about this more. Yeah, yeah. We'll, um, yeah, we'll definitely dive a little deeper into it. But thank you so much, Karen, for being yes. here. Welcome. And for, it was really fun. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Good times. All right. See you guys later. Bye.